G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Wednesday, we like to check in and find out what's happening today in the ancient Holy Land, which has relevance for our present and for our future. Let's come around some headlines. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines. Welcome back, Ron. Good morning, Neil. Ron, let's start with this one. The coronation oil for King Charles III was consecrated in Jerusalem. What's the story? Yeah, holy anointing oil for the coronation of King Charles has been blessed in Jerusalem's old city. Friday's ceremony was carried out at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, where many believe Jesus was buried. The unique mix was perfumed with essential oils and also included extracts of sesame, jasmine and cinnamon. Based on the same ingredients as the oil used at the 1953 coronation of Queen Elizabeth, it's based on a formula which has been used for hundreds of years, the palace said. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, the head of the Anglican Church, said the coronation oil reflects Charles' personal family connection with the Holy Land. Welby, who will carry out the coronation service, said the oil signified the deep historic link between the coronation, the Bible and the Holy Land. From ancient kings through to the present day, Monarchs have been anointed with oil from this holy place, he said. We will be looking forward to that coronation. Hey, Ron, another one. This one gets into the nitty-gritty of some of the tensions on the streets. The ninth week of protest over Israel's legal overhaul drew more than 200,000 protesters. How does this one look? Yeah, Israelis continued to demonstrate over the weekend against Prime Minister Netanyahu's contentious plan to overhaul the country's legal system. The plans were proposed in January, weeks after Netanyahu's ultra-nationalist coalition was sworn in. The overhauls have increasingly divided the Israeli community and given momentum to weekly protests across the nation, but primarily in Tel Aviv. The debate stems from fears that the changes would weaken the Supreme Court limit judges' powers, and threaten democratic institutions. Netanyahu and his allies say they will rein in an unelected judiciary. And all of these protests extend to all sections of the community, including the Defence Forces. Tensions rising, Ron. Uh, Israeli Defence Force Reserve fighter pilots refusing to attend training in protest of the judicial overhaul uh, extends everywhere, doesn't it? Yeah, this is giving the military heavyweights a big headache. 37 reservist fighter pilots out of the 40 stationed at the Israel Air Force 69th Fighter Squadron have declared their intention not to turn up for regular training flights in protest over the government's judicial overhaul. The reservists who fly the strategic F-15 that is capable of attacking distant targets in the region announced their decision on Sunday to the senior commanders of the IAF, 
we face heavy and complex challenges, Defence Minister Gallant said. Calls for insubordination hurts the Israel military and their ability to function and carry out missions. Earlier, El Al had trouble finding a crew willing to fly Benjamin Netanyahu and his wife Sarah to Italy for a diplomatic visit. Ron, here's an interesting one where the UN watchdog confirmed Iran's uranium has been enriched to near bomb-grade levels. No doubt everyone is on edge in Israel, but what's the story here? Yeah, I must say I've, I've done this story maybe for the last 10 years. Every now and then there's a report that they're near bomb-grade, but this is the first time I can think of a UN watchdog saying it. The International Atomic Energy Agency confirmed it has discovered uranium particles enriched to 83.7% purity at an Iranian nuclear facility, the closest it's ever been to the 90% needed to produce an atomic bomb. The particles which were taken in January from Iran's underground four-day plant were inconsistent with the level of enrichment as declared by Iran and requested Iran to clarify the origins of the particles. Iranian centrifuges have been enriching uranium to 60% purity, according to the UN Atomic Watchdog's last quarterly report on the matter. The latest report also said that the stockpile had increased from 25.2 kilograms to 87.5. And Ron, let's finish off uh, with one that's got a really direct focus on one of those biblical cities, historic Antioch, that was devastated by the Turkey earthquake. It's at further risk now from ISIS. How does this one look? Yeah, this report was compiled by Rabbi Abraham Cooper and Reverend Johnny Moore and published by the Media Line. Rabbi Abraham Cooper is the Associate Dean and Director of the Global Social Action Agenda at the Simon Wiesenthal Centre. Reverend Johnny Moore is the President of the Congress of Christian Leaders and founder of the Kairos Company. In part, they wrote, in Turkey, they call it Antakya, but more than a billion Christians around the world call it Antioch. So do Jews. It's a unique place for Christians, especially because the New Testament says that it was in Antioch that the word Christian was first used. Christianity is, after all, not a Western religion, it's a Middle Eastern religion. Antioch is why millions of Christian pilgrims travel to Turkey, often adding an extra week onto pilgrimage after visiting Jerusalem and the Sea of Galilee. In the way Christians and Jews look to the northwest of Saudi Arabia as the place where Moses crossed the Red Sea, Christians look to Antioch as a place of profound spiritual significance. The leaders of the early Christians there, Paul and Barnabas, took a collection from Antioch's Christians to send to Jews in Jerusalem who were struggling through the terrible famine 2,000 years ago. Interestingly, in 2023, more than 500 Israeli medical personnel, almost all Jews, travelled to Antioch to try and save the lives of Christians, Jews and Muslims alike in the immediate aftermath of the earthquake. Antioch also appears in the Talmud, then there's the Tree of Moses, which also survived the earthquake and its aftershocks. 
The locals say that the tree is 3,000 years old and miraculously sprouted from the remnants of Moses' biblical staff. The time will come to rebuild Antakya, and what must sprout from it, its remnants, is a rededication of the spirit of religious freedom and coexistence between the children of Abraham, which has defined Antioch for centuries. Ron, always so good to get an update. Uh, All that breaking news out of Israel and more broadly across the Middle East. Ron, thanks so much for updating us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.